0: You're listening, you're listening to, to a University of Kentucky University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Furthering our exploration of Mexico through the Viva Mexico Passport to the World program the University of Kentucky Libraries introduces us to the whimsical folk art of alebrijes from Oaxaca, Mexico. In this podcast, we met with Francie Chazan-Lopez, a professor in the history department and co-chair of the Viva Mexico program, along with Dare Vance, a graduate student in the history department, to discuss the history and production of alebrijes.
1: I'm Francie Chasson Lopez. I am a history professor in the history department. My area of expertise is Latin American history, in particular, Mexico. I'm the co-chair of the Viva Mexico program, along with Chris Poole from Anthropology, who's my co-chair.
2: My name is Dara Vance. I'm a first-year PhD in the history department. I am the TA for the Viva Mexico
0: project. What is an alibrique?
2: It's a word that actually has no meaning. Mm -hmm. It is a nonsense word and in the research about the project I found out that one of the men who produced the alabrijes, he had a feverish dream from an illness and he thought of this word alabrijes, and so it's a, it's a nonsense word. An
1: alabrije is a carved animal and it's painted with many bright colors and designs, usually various designs, not just one, and originally an alabrije was an animal that had different parts of different animals. So it could have the antlers of a deer, and it could have a cat's body, and it could have the tail of a dog, or it was very whimsical and and funny in that way. But now it's become so popular. Now the, the animals tend to be more recognizable animals. They're not that... But Some of the most prized ones are the ones that are made out of one piece of wood, only with some little, like, whiskers or ears that are other pieces of wood that fit in. Um, some of them are many, many pieces. One of the lizards, the big lizards, is just one piece, and so that's really hard to sculpt just from one piece of wood.
2: Yeah, The, the tail and the one that she's speaking of is that large, sort of orangish lizard his tail curves around back on itself multiple times, and so that would be a very skilled carver who was able to create that.
0: Who makes the alabrijes?
2: That to me is one of the most interesting things about it. There are actually very few people that make alabrijes, and some of the alabrijes that are on display in the library have been signed, and so some people are, are familiar with those artists or those families, but Men typically are doing the carving. Now, there might be people who go out and gather wood, and they're called the copaleros. They go out and they gather the wood and bring it back. And then there are people who do the carving, typically men. So fathers might teach their sons how to do the carving. Unskilled workers or children typically do the sanding. It's a pretty monotonous task, and it's not that enjoyable. So, And when I say unskilled labor, it might be someone who is a friend of the family or a relative that they might have another job but they might come in the evening and help out with this sort of home-based industry. Women typically do the painting and they will start by initially painting the base coat and then once they are proficient at that then they can graduate into painting the designs and of course they use very small little brushes and to me the painting even though it doesn't necessarily symbolize specific things It's what makes them unique. I mean, there's no two alabrihes that are going to be the same, and each one is handmade. This is not something that can be mechanized or produced in mass. A certain family might be known that, oh, they paint them really intricately, or, oh, they paint them with certain colors, and so it sort of becomes a signature look of what they produce.
0: From the alabrihes exhibit, which pieces are your favorites? The case with the
2: lizards is really impressive. They're really dynamic but there is a peacock that is very complicated to assemble and very dramatic and so i think that the peacock is to me is visually very impressive
1: and i would say i really like one of the largest of the lizards is really pretty stunning
2: you can't look at them without seeing a personality i mean we're talking about them as if they're actual animals you know we're giving them gender and we're talking about you know how they appear how cute they are. So, I mean, you can't look at them and not sort of give them a personality.
0: Some of these, Ali are from your own personal collection. So I was going to ask maybe the history of those, how you came to find them.
1: Well, I've been doing research on Oaxaca for 30 years, I guess. So I'm very familiar with all the arts and crafts of Oaxaca. And I lived in Oaxaca for two years when I was doing my dissertation. And I got to know pretty much how to choose and where to get the best ones. And... And I've often brought them as gifts. Some of the ones that are there are gifts I've actually given to other people, so I've gotten to know them pretty well. And since I know Oaxaca so well, so and the same with the wepeles, I am actually writing about one of the people who transformed these wepeles. The women themselves have taught me how to decide and see which are the best.
2: My mom has an alabrije. It's not in the collection. I wish it was, because it's one of the um, sort of alien monster men. And she came about it in probably what would be the ideal way that they would want someone to come across an alabrije, which is my mother traveled to Mexico as a tourist. She saw it. She thought it was really unique. She thought it was a, you know, long-held cultural tradition, and she wanted to bring something back that was, you know, for her, something about the creativity... Of Mexico, And so she bought the little guy and brought him back. And I was a kid when she brought him back, and I just think he's delightful. He has so many parts. He has spikes all over him, and he's got ears and horns, and he's maybe four inches tall at the most, but he probably has 20 different parts on him.
1: And we just hope people will go see the exhibition. It's part of Viva Mexico. It'll be there a few months. There's also going to be an exhibition in the Rose Street hallway of Photos that kind of tell the history of the Mexican Revolution. They're not up yet right now. They're, they're from the semester before. They're still the codices from the, um, the Spanish conquest, but um, this is all part of Viva Mexico, and we hope people can go and enjoy the alebrijes. And I would like to thank Tony Grider and Kazuko and Luis, the whole team over there at the library, because they've been really wonderful working with them and helping us out.
0: Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences, the Department of History, and the University of Kentucky Libraries for making this podcast possible. For more information about Alec Hayes, head to William T. Young Library.